Hi, I love horror. Do you? Welcome to Love Horror, podcast episode 10. <gasps> Last time I looked at some trivia from Friday 13th, part 7 and 8, and then I did a bonus episode in between this one and that, which was to unbox and have a little look at what came in this month's horror block and if you don't know what that is it's a box that you get each month you pay a subscription monthly and it will have different horror themed items such as almost pretty much every time you'll get a horror t-shirt and a horror magazine of a fangoria or rue morgue and then there'll be some other items which will change each month and it's actually quite interesting really like it i like my t-shirt i like the book i like the uh magazine in fact that one of the best things was a magazine, I thought. Really enjoyed reading that. I couldn't put it down. And the various other things, you might get figures like of Jason from Friday 13th or whatever, different things each month. And if you're interested in checking that out to see what came in this month's box and what I thought of it, check out episode 9B. I will also, in this episode as well, put a link in the description to their, their website. And if you could use that link... Uh, it will help me out a lot because they will know that you were referred by me. Maybe I can get a, another box to review again in the future. So anyway, normally I would do Friday the 13th trivia, then I would have a different episode, then I would do Friday the 13th trivia every other episode. However, since I did that horror block special last time, I'm going to skip over a different episode and go straight to some more Friday the 13th trivia. Next week, I will do something different. I haven't actually decided what still. Maybe um, I'll try to interview another indie filmmaker about a new indie horror movie, but I'll have to contact a few, see what happens. But at the moment, this episode is going to be trivia from Friday 13th, Jason Goes to Hell, which is basically Friday 13th Part 9, and Jason 10, or Jason X, however you want to say it. That one is basically Friday the 13th Part 10, and it's the one where he goes to space. Interestingly, that one I actually is one of my favourites, whereas normally people hate movies that end up going into space. It's certainly not the only horror to have done that, but I actually really like that one. Anyway, let's look at some trivia. Let's start with Part 9, or Jason Goes to Hell. This was the first... Friday the 13th to be done by New Line Cinema. The first eight movies were done by uh, Paramount. And Paramount seemed to always have had a thing against Friday the 13th. I think they consider themselves to be somewhat like Disney, a family entertainment company that made family movies, although Friday the 13th wasn't the only horror that they did. But they didn't, they always seemed to not like it very much, even though they discovered it really they it was a very low budget movie to begin with they discovered it and put it into cinemas which it perhaps wouldn't normally have had but anyway they decided after part eight didn't do so good that they would let new line have it and this is the result of that this is jason goes to hell and sean cunningham who did the original comes back for this one and unfortunately even after all this time off and watching all those Presumably he watched all his previous movies. He still didn't know what made Friday the 13th so special. He basically said straight away he has to, the hockey mask 
has to go. And so the, what the writer came up with was an idea of body swapping. So you do see Jason in the movie at the beginning briefly. Then he gets killed. He then begins body swapping between one body to another until he can try and possess somebody who is related to him so he can be reborn. Then at the very final scene at the end, uh, he comes back in his proper body, which kind of looks weird because his head's... They, uh, this is probably one of the worst looks for Jason as his head is all swollen and bloated, yet his mask is really small and looks almost comical. That leads to one bit of trivia. Kane Hodder reprised his role as Jason in this one, and he also did the hand of uh, Freddy Krueger in the very final scene. The hand of Freddy Krueger with the knifed hand comes up and grabs Jason's mask and pulls into the ground. That hand is not Robert England. It is basically a little... That wasn't a cameo by Robert England. That was Kane Hodder as well. There was actually a comic book that bridged the gap between Friday the 13th, Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan, and this movie. It followed Jason after he was dipped in toxic waste in a New York City sewer at the end of that Part 8, and his killing spree, which basically shows his killing spree all the way back to Crystal Lake again. Kane Hodder, as well as playing Jason in this movie and the Kruger's gloved hand, he also played, and if you if you know what he looks like, the actor, when you watch this, you would have recognised him, I'm sure. He played a security guard, kind of a bit of a SWAT, bit of a SWAT soldier type thing, uh, who's guarding Jason's body, and he and the other guard, who kind of looks like Elvis Presley, both get killed by Kane. In, interestingly, in that scene, not only does Kane, uh, Kane Hodder, who is Jason, gets c- killed by Jason, but also, if you remember, if you've seen, you remember that scene, Jason is actually going to walk past them both, and then they make an insult about uh, Jason, so he comes back and kills them, so they nearly got away alive. Jason's heart from this movie was used in From Dust Till, da- from Dust Till Dawn, 1996, as Monkey Man's Heart. So in this movie, you will see a prop of Jason's so-called heart, and that prop would be reused in From Dust Till Dawn in 1996. The crate in the basement of the Voorhees house was a prop from the story The Crate, which is a which is a short story within the movie Creepshow in 1982. If you've seen Creepshow, you'll know what crate that I'm on about. One early concept for this movie was Jason Goes to L.A., in which two rival gangs would be fighting when Jason would show up and start murdering them. This would force the rival gangs to band together to defeat Jason. Glad they didn't do that because it sounds stupid to me. I don't really like the sound of that. I don't think it would have worked. Plus, that sounds like basically a sequel to Jason Takes Manhattan. And I like that movie, unlike most fans, but most fans don't like it, so I don't see Jason Goes to L.A. is going to be any more of a fan favourite. Jungle Jim in front of the Voorhees house was also used in The Birds, the Alfred Hitchcock movie 
The Birds from 1963. There were plans for a high-tech video game based on this movie. The game was actually uh, created, but it was never released, which seems like such a complete and utter waste. I can understand scrapping it halfway through or whatever, but to finish it, to create the game and not release it, seems like a complete waste of time and money. The original title of the movie was Friday the 13th, Part 9, The Dark Heart of Jason Voorhees. Kind of glad they didn't go with that title because, you see, I don't mind this movie as much as I thought I was going to when I very, very first saw it because I heard, you know, I'd already heard that it was body swapping and I thought I was going to hate this as much as I hated Halloween 3. But I didn't actually mind it. However, I still kind of almost look at this one as being a spin-off because he isn't in it enough and he's body swapping. So I'm glad they didn't actually use the Friday 13th Part 9 branding. In the film, just before that he handcuffs himself to Jason, a part of the to part of the immovable furniture, Duke says, Son of a bitch, you remember me? You remember me? In the final film, this sounds nonsensical you can't understand it in the audio commentary to the dvd it is revealed that the script at one point had it that jason had previously killed duke's girlfriend so there's a bit more of a backstory there jason's heart was actually made of gelatin and filled with fruit co- cocktail from the craft services table mixed with black dye actor richard gant was still was still disgusted and reportedly nearly threw up during the take, so I guess they did a jo- good job of making it look very realistic. There is a large amount of male nudity in this film, as with the female nudity. Probably most notably is a homoerotic shaving scene, as it's become known. The reason for this is that the director viewed the previous Friday the 13th films as somewhat sexist, showing only female uh, nudity and thought it more acceptable to show both male and female nudity in equal amounts kind of like the idea you know because if you look at pretty much all movies you will see plenty of female nudity but rarely will you see men so yeah i do actually agree with his view about that but i don't really feel it was sexist as such i don't think it was done with the intent you know the negative intent uh but then again, I also don't mind that he kind of tried to remedy that a bit. Anyway, Toby Hooper was originally considered to direct, even though this is done by a different company and it doesn't even have the Friday the 13th branding. This entry actually features the most clues as to the whereabouts of Crystal Lake. Twice, once at the start, uh, when Steve Freeman sees the hitchhikers, a sign there indicates that. Crystal Lake is approximately 29 miles from Fairfield and 39 miles from West Point. Uh, Fairfield and West Point are both located in Connecticut. Previous films had indicated New Jersey. Uh, In part three, a sign for Pickett, the New Jersey State Lottery appears on the sign of a window at around 14 minutes into the movie, whilst in part one, Enos' truck has New Jersey on the side, and at about 11 minutes into part one, the gates of a cemetery has New Jersey on it. So, yes, so from looking at this, I would say the most clues here 
from all, looking at all the films, part three and whatnot, I would say that Camp, Camp Crystal Lake is, in fact, in New Jersey. The assistant coroner is played by actually one of the movie screenwriters. The patches on the shoulder of the Crystal Lake police uniform state that Crystal Lake is in Cunningham County. This, of course, as I'm sure you know, is a homage to Sean S. Cunningham, who created the original. And he is back in this movie as well as the producer. John DeMay, who played Stephen Freeman, also starred in the TV series uh, Friday's Curse. If you remember, there was a TV series of Friday the 13th in the 80s where it had absolutely nothing to do with the uh, movies. It had no Jason, no hockey mask, nothing. It was about haunted antiques and antique shop. Well, the main guy in this movie, the actor, also appeared for a while in that series. This is the first Friday the 13th movie to have another Voorhees other than Jason in the movie since the original. The original, of course, did have his mother. This one has other relatives as well, which is uh, actually very interesting. That's the thing I pretty liked about it most. I thought that was quite interesting where they went with that. The film originally had a flashback sequence, and Betsy Palmer was going to reprise her role, but she rejected and that would not be the last time that she rejected a cameo in Friday the 13th. She would reject a cameo in Freddy vs. Jason as well. Agent Abernathy was named after Louis Abernathy, who helped Sean S. Cunningham make an underwater thriller called Deep Star Sex in 1989. One of the characters is a bounty hunter named Duke. Both... Uh, Creighton Duke. Both Creighton and Duke are names of colleges in the United States located in Nebraska and North Carolina. The most expensive shot in the movie is a transformation scene from where Jessica catches the sacred dagger that can actually kill Jason. Jason Goes to Hell was released uh, on VHS in both an R-rated and an unrated version, and on DVD with both the R and unrated versions of the film on the same actual disc. The unrated version being three minutes longer. This is the first Friday Thirteenth film released uncut in the in uh, North America. Friday Thirteenth was released uncut in the US on a deluxe edition DVD in two thousand and nine. It was filmed from July ninety two to September ninety two but was not released till August 93. The very first shot of the movie that was filmed was when Jessica goes out to the garage and is attacked by possessed Robert. The film is said to take place in 2003. The only film in the series to be released in the 90s, all of the rest were released in the 80s, apart from Jason X, of course. The FBI agent Elizabeth Marcus is named after the director Adam Marcus. At the end, where Freddy's glove grabs Jason's mask, it was meant to be kind of an inside joke reference, referencing the fact that a screenplay for Freddy vs. Jason was being worked on and it would take until 2003 to actually happen. The Freddy vs. Jason was released in 2003, which is interesting because this movie is said to be set in 2003. 
Right, I think we're moving on now to Jason X or Jason 10, whichever you prefer, which will, will be released in 2001. As I mentioned previously, this is actually one of my favourites. It's at least my second, if not my first favourite of all Friday the 13th, which I know a lot of fans will not agree with, but that's what I like anyway. When Stoney opens the door and gets stabbed and his blood sprays in his girlfriend's face, she screams. According to the audio commentary, the effect... The effects guy wasn't supposed to spray the blood into her face. She was screaming not because she just saw her boyfriend die, but because the fake blood was burning her eyes. So, sounds rather unpleasant. The film only suffered a couple of seconds of cuts and alterations to earn an R rating, making it the least censored entry in the entire Friday the 13th series. I don't think that's because of what the content or the way it was filmed or whatever, I believe that's probably just sign of the times. It's much newer. The virtual 80s scene was originally meant to be much more detailed, including a number of topless women playing volleyball. One idea even included the appearance of his mother, Pamela Voorhees, Jason's mother, and even went so far as to have Jason attack her, showing the extent of just how evil he had become. The latter idea was dropped, now that, I think, is actually a really interesting idea. He was meant to be all about his mother and revenging his mother. And if they had him see his virtual mother and kill her, that, I think, really does show that he has changed from what his original goals may have been. He has become pure evil, basically the devil incarnate. So I'm actually, I think it's a shame they took that scene out. I think that was such a good idea. In the scene where Dallas is smashed against the wall by Jason, the stuntman who did this actually broke his nose. The sleeping bag death scene was first done in Friday the 13th, The New Blood, in 1988, and was actually ad-libbed by Kane Hodder in that the film out of frustration at reshooting the same scene over and over. Jason murders 28 people more than any other Friday the 13th movie. Jason Voorhees' eyes never blink when they are shown in this movie. The first film in the Friday the 13th series to rely on digital effects for both the death and the gore. Screenwriter Todd Farmer based much of the film on Alien from 1979 starring Sigourney Weaver, even naming one of the characters whom he also played. So the screenwriter Todd Farmer also played the character Dallas in this. He named it after the character in the Ridley Scott film. Betsy Palmer was going to play in Toronto at the time that Jason X was filming. According to Pamela, one of the producers contacted her, contacted her about possibly reprising her role as Pamela Voorhees. They did not come to an agreement and the character was not even included in the film. Again, probably she rejected it like she rejected Fre Freddy vs. Jason. The music played during Jason's first look at the virtual reality version of Camp Crystal Lake is the same musical score from part two. The name of the primary ship in the film is a Grendel, which is the name of a monster in the old English poem Beowulf. Grendel was a direct descendant of Cain from the book of Genesis, a monster described as half troll, half orc, like Jason, Grendel rose from a lake in search of victims and seemingly could not be killed. Also in their fight, 
Beowulf rips Grendel's arm off, and in the movie, when KM shoots up Jason, the first thing he loses is his arm, which I think is a really nice little reference there. Several of the characters in the film are named after the screenwriter Todd Farmer's online friend in the PC game EverQuest from 1999. The space debris floating in space has Cunningham Reality written on the side. This is a reference to the name of producer Noel Cunningham, the son of the executive producer and maker of the original Friday 13th, Sean S. Cunningham. Broski mentioned a gun uh, while the soldiers were suiting up called the BFG. This this sci-fi gun is well known to players a PC game such as Automate Doom from 93, Quake 2 from 97, as the most powerful weapon, BFG is an acronym for BioForce Gun. An adronomer in 2000, Lexa played the avatar of the ship's artificial intelligence, and Lisa Ryder played a crew member. In this movie, Ryder is an AI construct, whereas Lexa joins the crew. Jason X is the first Friday 13th film to be rated 15 in the UK. Although the Friday 13th part 2, 3 and 6 were originally rated 18, they were altered to 15, part 6 in 2002 and parts 2 and 3 in 2008. The character Janessa was originally named Jessica after the producer Sean Cunningham's sister. The character Adrian is a reference to Adrian King who played Alice in Friday the 13th and Friday the 13th Part 2, you know, the main character, the main leading lady in the first movie who died at the beginning of the second one. It had four different US release dates before finally it was actually released. The name Tiamat comes from Babylonian mythology. It is She is a dragon goddess of the sea who was slain by the god Marduk who then formed the land from her carcass. The film takes place in 2008 and 2455. I also read somewhere, I'd have to find it again, but I think it's the director said, or produced, yeah, director, I think, uh, has said in an article I read once that he had hoped to actually make a trilogy out of Jason X. He wanted to do three of these, so he would like to have done two sequels to Jason X set with Uber Jason, and that is so annoying because I really want to see more of Uber Jason to see that character, which we haven't seen before, unlike the normal Jason, and to see where they would have gone with it. You know, him on the New Earth and how how similar is New Earth really to our Earth and just to see that Uber Jason develop a bit more. So it's really frustrating that they didn't do more. The movie didn't flop. It did make... A slight profit, but only just. Jason X cost $11 million and made just under 17 So it made a profit. It didn't just break even and it didn't flop. But still, in the scheme of things, it's not a huge, huge profit. Also, sequels tend to make less. So if they did a sequel to Jason X, it probably would have made less than Jason X did. So I can understand that they didn't really want to take the risk on it. Still a pity as I would really, really like to have seen more of Uber Jason. But anyway, that's it for the Friday 13th trivia this time. We've done Jason Goes to Hell, but 
aka part 9, and Jason X, aka Friday 13th, part 10. That leaves next time when we, well, next time we're going to do something else, but the week after that will be trivia from Freddy versus Jason and Friday 13th, 2009, the reboot. As a reminder, you can find and subscribe to this podcast in the iTunes podcast directory via the software on your Windows PC or Mac or on iTunes on your iOS device. Also, as another reminder, the link to Horror Block, if you're interested, is in the description. And also, last week's episode called 9B is a special episode talking about what Horror Block is and what came in this month's uh, edition. If you have any suggestions for the next episode or just this podcast in general, then you can email me at lovehorrorpodcast at yahoo.co.uk. That's lovehorrorpodcast, all one word, without the question mark, lovehorrorpodcast at yahoo.co.uk. Thanks for tuning in.